How many of you got a chance to watch the opening ceremonies of the Olympics? I was pretty amazed at all the technology, the way the Chinese had scenes from their landscapes on the floor and people dancing around and there was Vladimir Putin sitting by himself, falling asleep. <laughs> but as I was watching and thinking to myself, here are these athletes that have trained their whole lives to get to this moment, and they're from all over the world in their beautiful outfits, such a gorgeous diversity of the human race. And I'm watching and I look and a lot of athletes from all over the world, guess what they're doing as they walk out into this global arena? They're on their cell phones. And they're filming themselves going. <laughs> and then some of them, even worse, aren't even filming themselves, because I assume that's at least trying to bring their families with them or something. They're sort of in the moment, even though they're trying to capture it. But some of them were actually texting and walking like this. What is happening to us? We are becoming addicted to this thing that we carry with us. And it has become so much a distraction that people will be in a moment that they have spent their whole lives preparing for, a moment when they should be very much awake, something to remember, and what are they doing? They're texting. They're not present. They're somewhere in cyberspace. And how will they remember that moment? It was a great text I sent. <laughs> what is happening to us? And what does it mean for us spiritually when we no longer understand or know how to be present, to say to God, I'm here. I'm right here. I'm listening. A number of years ago, as part of the Cervini Speaker Series to honor our beloved dear Frank Cervini, our bishop sitting right there, we had a speaker come. Her name is Mary Neal. Mary Neal was a busy surgeon and a mother of little children who had a very active life and was on vacation kayaking in Brazil. When she got in a terrible accident in her kayak, such that her whole boat with her trapped in it was submerged and stuck under, under a rock. 
And the vortex of the water was spinning such that her back was broken. She was trapped in the kayak and she died. And you would think that in the moment of death, she would have gone somewhere else. She would have been totally distracted, left her body. But the exact opposite happened. Dr. Mary Neal, a surgeon, a scientist, not prone to sentimentality at all, talks about what happened to her. She was so present in her body and so alive when she died, and I know that makes no sense intellectually. And she felt this peace that was so far beyond her understanding that she, to this day, cannot put it into words. And such beauty that she did not want to come back to life even though she had little children, even though she loved her husband, even though she loved her job, she wanted to stay there because it was so beautiful. And she saw these beings of light that walked with her for a moment. And she understood that she was being sent back And that in being sent back, she was being asked to speak, to tell her story about what she saw and what she felt and how very present and alive she was in what should have been the end of her life what should have been the most excruciatingly painful event of her life. And so she returned to us, and it took her years of recovery. But she's written a book, and she's telling the story. And last I checked on YouTube when she gave the sermon here, we have, it's by far the most watched sermon ever in this pulpit. I think there are something like 60,000 views. Because she's doing what God has asked her to do. To be present and to speak. Some 700 years before Christ was born, there was a man who lived in Jerusalem. His name was Isaiah. We don't know exactly what his job was in the court of the king, but he lived there, and he was very much in, in the business of the monarchy. He was concerned about who was ruling and who wasn't and what the politics were. He was concerned about all that was going on in the city of Jerusalem. And they were in a time of great transition. 
They were a weak little country and Assyria was strong and Babylon was rising. There was a lot to be worried about then as there is for us today. It was a period of great transition just like we are in today. The king, Uzziah, had just died, which meant that the court was very much in turmoil. Things are always very insecure when a king dies. And Isaiah, like Dr. Mary, has a vision. He sees this throne and Christ is seated upon the throne and there are these creatures that he describes as seraph or seraphim which later a monk in the fourth century would determine are the highest forms of angels and the only one who saw seraphs besides Isaiah is Saint Francis some 1,000 years later or 1,700 years later the seraphs had six wings. With two, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. And all they did, all the time, was speak and call out and sing the same words that we say in the Holy Eucharist. Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth, heaven and earth are full of your glory. All they're doing is praising God all the time. And it was so beautiful and so magnificent that Isaiah says, I shouldn't be here. I don't belong here. My mouth is not clean. I've been saying all kinds of gossip and slander and stupidity and I've been distracted and I come from a people of unclean lips. I'm lost. One of the angels flies to the altar and takes a hot coal from the fire of the altar and brings it to Isaiah and touches his mouth and says all of your guilt all the things you've been you've done wrong they're all washed away they're gone I need someone to speak for me I need someone to send who will go for me and Isaiah says here I am here I am I'm right here. I've put aside all my distraction. I've put aside all the things that I've done wrong. I've put aside my cell phone and I'm right here. Here I am. You can send me. I'll, I'll speak for you. You know who else says those same words? Abraham says to God, here I am. And then much later, Mary, when the angel Gabriel comes to her, she says, here I am. I will do what you want. And so Isaiah 
awakens from his vision, and like Dr. Mary, he's changed. And he stops gossiping, and he stops talking politics, and he starts talking truth. And he tells people to remember God, and he tells them that they're in a very fragile place, and he tells them that someone's going to come and save them, a Messiah. And if you look at the Hebrew scriptures, the book of Isaiah is one of the largest books in the Bible. He's one of the major prophets because his words resounded through the millennia. Because by being present, he was told what to say. And when God sent him, you know, he didn't move anywhere. He didn't go to Africa. He didn't abandon his job. But he started saying what, was, what God would want him to say. He started speaking the truth. And that was all that God asked of him. And he started telling what had happened to him in his vision. And people listened and listened and drank it in over centuries. And even after Jesus came, people read Isaiah's words and were able to understand who Jesus was because of what Isaiah said. That's what happens when we are able to put aside our distractions and say to God, I'm right here. You can speak through me. What would it look like if you decided that you were going to put your cell phone down for a period of time every day? Maybe it's starting with 15 minutes, half an hour, an hour. But what if you really put it down and instead of letting it drive you, you control it and put it down and say to God, here I am. What would you have me do? And after listening, then maybe you pick it up and you use that voice that you've been given on social media, on the internet, wherever you are, and you use your voice to edify other people, to lift them up. You use your voice to share with them what we're doing here at the cathedral. You use your voice to tell stories of beauty and hope, to say God is good, what if you used your voice to build the kingdom of God? And what if you fasted from division and discord, gossip, criticism? What if you used your voice to speak what is good into the world? My friends, each and every one of us has a voice that can become a megaphone for God to speak into the world. If only we could listen.
But so long as we are distracted, so long as we allow the technology in our lives to drive us, so long as we react rather than taking charge of what we've been given, we will not be able to do that. We will live lives of reactivity. We will walk in the opening ceremonies of the Olympics, trying to make sure we're connecting to everybody, texting, instead of saying, here I am. I'm awake. I'm yours, God. Send me. Amen.